you know, now's the second best time to get started with uh, with your crypto tax. And the worst mm-hmm. time to get started is like April 17th, right before the, the tax deadline. So, you know, I know that it's something that's not fun to look at. I know that it's something that can be scary to look at. And I know that, you know, it can be one of those things where because it's scary and because it's not fun and, you know, you don't want to look at it, that you don't look at it. But that's only going to mean that, you know, you're you're just kind of kicking the can down the road and your stress and anxiety and overwhelm with doing it when there's a looming tax deadline is only it's going to be 10x what it is if you just get started right now. You're listening to Inside the Den, a podcast about connection and the human behind the community in the world of Web3 with your hosts, Jake and Dwayne. Hey, what's going on, everybody? We're uh, here with Maddie Dubs. This is a uh, round two on Inside the Den, and you know we we felt like it was appropriate to to fire this up because it is tax season, and for anybody that has ugh, ugh, crypto ugh. taxes, <laughs> how much of a pain that is. So, Maddie Dubs is here to give us the aspirin to help cure this crypto tax headache that many of us have, and uh, that's what that's what this show is going to be about. We're going to really dive into crypto taxes and. And uh, make that the core focus so we can get people, you know, on the way to getting this set up properly and and having a, a, a smooth process, as smooth as it can be for getting their crypto taxes prepared. So with that said, Maddie Dubs, welcome back. Hey, man, thanks for having me back. It's been a bit since your last episode that came out before Christmas and and it was kind of nearing the end of the year. And we we're like, OK, end of the year, it's tax season. And now we're here and it's like. Oh my, it's, it's like end of tax season and we got to get on this stuff. So um, yeah, it's perfect time to have you back on and just kind of, you know, let the audience know how important it is to go through those transactions, even though, like I just said, before we pressed record about, oh, I don't think I made money last year, so I don't need to really worry about it, but it actually is fairly important. eh? Yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of people don't understand how crypto is taxed well enough to know whether or not they do have any tax liabilities. And if you leave it until last minute and you haven't set aside the money to pay any potential tax liabilities that you have, you could end up in a hairy situation because usually the tax offices are pretty unforgiving when it comes to the debt you have with them. You know, a bank or a credit card, they might, you know, give you some better payment terms, but you know, the the IRS or whatever you guys have, the Royal Canadian Tax Office or something <laughs> like that. Um, yeah, they're 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 not so forgiving. They're uh they want their pound of flesh and they want it now. So it's important to get on top of it. Yeah. So for people that um that are coming in to you know, and and I remember especially last year during tax season, I used to crack up at the social media posts that people would put out about crypto taxes and how much of a headache. And are like, I think I'll just take jail over having to figure this out. So, exactly. uh, so I, I, you know, I I know that you you've got the crypto taxes made easy course. This is something, you know, we've got banners for anybody that is you know looking to enroll in the course. You also offer a done for you service. I'd really love to talk a little bit more about. It's like for the person out there, it's like, okay, I get it. I know I need to address this. You know, I've got some transactions in the DeFi space. I've maybe done some yield farming. I've bought some NFTs. I've maybe played some DGen plays out there and, got, you know, got wrecked in some shit coins or whatever the case may be. You know, they got to get this ready and they got to get this ready for their accountant. 
So for people who are, you know, wanting to take that step and and start working with you, whether it be, you know, on the done for you side or for the do it yourself side, what are some of the things that people can do, I guess, to kind of prepare as they move into, maybe we can start with like the, the, the do it yourself course, like the person that's like, Hey, you know what? I, I want to just try to do this myself. I'm confident in my ability. Um, what are some of the, I guess, some of the hurdles or initial hurdles that people might have and, and how can people, you know, take that first step into crypto taxes made easy? Yeah. So I think the best first step that people can take is start uh, compiling, like what's everything that you've done? What's every wallet you've used, every blockchain you've used it on, every exchange that you've used? Because um, this is one of the things that is the most, like for our done for you service, this is the most hands-on part that all of our clients have to do. Because the thing is like, I can't go into your exchanges and generate an API. And I wouldn't because, you know, if anything ever happened to that exchange, you're probably pointing your finger at me. So I wouldn't do that. So it's one of those things where the first step really that I have all of my clients do, whether they're in the done for you or the DIY course is to set up a crypto tax software called Coinly. Um, And once you get Coinly set up, um, the next step is to add all of your wallets. So I have a guide that breaks down exactly how to do this. And that guide is free, Um, but you add all of your wallets. But let's say that you have one wallet address. It's like OX, Jake and Dwayne. (laughs) And you've used OX, Jake and Dwayne wallet on Phantom, Binance Smart Chain, Ethereum, and Polygon. Well, you can't just add OX, uh, Jake and Dwayne wallet to Coinly once under like MetaMask. It's not going to pull in all the blockchain data. So you actually have to go in and set up a phantom wallet, OX, Dwayne, and, uh, Jake and Dwayne. You know, you set up your BSC one, OX, Jake and Dwayne. You set up, you know, so on and so forth. So that's one of the things I see a lot of people um, kind of miss is setting up each blockchain that they've used. Um, and that is also one of the things that can save a lot of money is making sure that you've uh, set all of those up. And then from there, just adding all of your exchange accounts, um, whether through an API, so like Coinbase, For example, they've got a good API, Binance, Binance US, Crypto.com, KuCoin, they've all got kind of a crappy API. doesn't really uh, register some of the more exotic transaction types or even kind of fiat to crypto and vice versa, but their CSV does. So if you generate a tax report, then, you know, that's you'd import that over using the API. And um, so just getting that properly set up, that's the first step. And what that'll end up doing for you is it'll pull all of your transaction data into one place. And then we kind of know what you're looking at. You know, it will let us know how many transactions do you have registered on the blockchain. And I found that, you know, if you're doing it yourself, um, there's a bit of a learning curve. First of all, to learn how to use the software and understand how to label transactions. You know, with the uh, Crypto Tax Made Easy course, the goal is to remove that learning curve. It's like, just watch the, you know, three to five minute videos I have where I show you over the shoulder how to do it and then just do it. Um, And I'd say it probably takes about maybe four or more hours per thousand transactions if you're using um, that do-it-yourself course and you've actually, you know, used the cheat sheets and just follow it to the T. So... Yeah, it's, it's good to pull all that transaction data in because then you can see how many transactions do I have and how much time do I need to then set aside to either do it myself or, you know, if you know what your transaction count is, 
you know, you can understand roughly how much it might cost for you to have me or someone like me do it for you. Because, you know, for me, I charge per thousand transactions. So, you know, once you know how many transactions you have, you can get that quote from me on how much it's going to cost. And you can figure out, you know, whether or not you've got the budget for that or whether or not you want to do it yourself and uh, go with the course instead. In which case, again, you're back to the point of how much time do I need to set aside in order to make sure that I'm going to have this done by the tax deadline. Yeah, that, awesome. that's that's excellent news to hear is like, yeah. figure it, pull all that data in, see how many transactions you have, and then add up your time. <laughs> and like, yeah, yeah that, that's, that's pretty cool. Four hours per thousand transactions. So that's a good benchmark yeah. of what it's going to take. So um, can I ask, yeah, can I ask you one also want to add in watching the videos and kind yeah. of learning and familiarizing yourself. So yeah. And usually the first thousand transactions is more than four hours, but if you <laughs> got, you know, tens of thousands, it might be like six hours for the first thousand. <laughs> and then you kind of see what your habits are and you've uh, gone through the like learning curve and you've kind of learned how to do it and your process becomes a little bit better. And then what, you might be looking at four hours. What's the, what's the most transactions you've seen from a client so far? Uh, 64,000. Oh. Oh. oh yeah that's impressive and because somebody yeah, really button clicking some buttons over there yeah <laughs> or or is that like um you know when you're auto compounding like is every time it auto compounds a transaction no no so that okay. happens within the smart contract and it okay. doesn't actually happen at your wallet level that's why right. auto compounders are nice you yeah. know then all the all the button pushing uh you don't have to worry about categorizing those transactions for tax purposes and it saves you uh, time and money. <laughs> I've got a question about um, just getting to set set up on on the wallet piece. Is that mm -hmm. I know a lot of people set up multiple wallets, and um, yep. sometimes people will set up wallets just for. And I'm I've I've done this. Like I'll have wallets I've set up just for the purpose of minting a specific project. And I have this DGen wallet that I haven't touched in. I can't tell you how long, but it, it needs to be incorporated. So there's this fear I have inside where I'm like, I hope I don't forget to connect the wallet. Like, I feel like I need to, mm. is that, I guess that's my question. It's like, what if you forget a blockchain or a wallet, or maybe I bought something on Polygon on, cause you have to, you have to consider both the blockchain and the wallets in, in the process. So if, if, you know, is there any repercussions or any, I mean, I guess if, if you're not accounting for it, I'm just thinking like, you know, this is a, very tough question to answer, I'm sure, but it's like, how forgiving is the IRS around this? Like in terms of, um, you know, oh, well, I could tell that you gave a really good effort here and to try to <laughs> pull all this stuff together. We're not going to hurt you too bad that maybe somewhere they discovered that you bought a thousand dollars worth of NFTs on this phantom blockchain in this random DGen wallet that somehow connected to your stuff that we discovered. So I'm just wondering, like when it comes to, um, is that ever a problem you come across with people that they're like forgetting like certain wallets and you ask them like connect all your wallets. And there's that moment of, Oh shoot. Like where are all my wallets do, or maybe I forgot some because yeah. I set up so many. Definitely. Yeah. I, I see that pretty often. Um, I ran into it with a client this morning where I realized that they thought that Coinbase and Coinbase pro were the same thing. So they didn't add their Coinbase pro. Um, you know, they didn't realize that if they had just synced, uh, MetaMask, Ethereum, and Binance Smart Chain, that 
you know, their other blockchains weren't also going to be included. But the thing is, for me, the process that I've developed for all of my clients, I usually just based off of seeing patterns and being like, why? You know, there's a bunch of tokens that are getting sent to this wallet and received from this wallet. Usually when that's the case, it lets me know that this might be a wallet that they forgot. And so usually I'll ask my clients like, hey, you know, I saw that there's this wallet, you sent, you know, an ETH to it, you sent, you know, whatever to it, Um, you know, what might that be? And they're like, oh, yeah, that's right. I set up a separate wallet to mint my Wolfpup NFTs with. And then I add that and pull it in. And then I've got the transactions and I just clean that up and make sure that I attribute the, you know, one ETH that they sent over to the 10 wolf pups that they minted. And then it's no big deal. And, you know, if you're doing it yourself, um, some of the clues that you might look for are like, are there a lot of transactions where I'm sending to this wallet and receiving from this wallet? And there's a difference, you know, uh, if you look on Etherscan or BSC scan, there's that little, it almost looks like a paper with writing on it. And that mm-hmm. tells you if you're interacting with a contract. If you're interacting with a contract, you know, that's probably not your wallet because you probably don't have a smart contract. But if it's just a wallet, there's no, you know, it doesn't have that contract thing next to it. And you're consistently seeing that you're sending and receiving from it, or even if you're just sending to it and you're like, well, I didn't send money to my friends or family. You know, I wasn't paying anybody for a service that I can remember on that date. Okay, well, this is this a wallet? Oh, that's right. I had that, you know, Wolfpup minting wallet. So then you just go back, you go into your wallet section of Coinly, you add that wallet on that blockchain, and, you know, it's it ends up being there. Um, regarding your question about, you know, the the IRS, it's hard to say. You know, I don't I don't really know what the precedent is for how deeply they're looking into um, you know, people's crypto tax history, but who knows what their capacity will be in like five to seven years when they're still, uh, you know, hasn't <laughs> exceeded the time period which they might audit. You know, maybe they've, they'll improve their capacity. We talked about AI before this. Maybe they'll have tools that, you know, yeah. are able to, you know, with some confidence level, uh, determine, uh, you know, what you own and what you don't. So, um, yeah, when it comes to peace of mind, generally, you know, at least me personally, I would, I want to claim all my wallets. And the other thing is I know some people uh, that I've worked with have tried to be sneaky. You know, they're like, oh, I don't want (laughs) to, I don't want the transactions I did in that wallet to be uh, claimed on my tax. But I'd say like, not every time, but maybe 75% of the time, it ends up costing them more money to try to hide a wallet than if they just claimed it and claimed the transactions in the wallet. Um, And there's a few reasons for that. One's the capital gains timeline. You know, if you like Mm -hmm. send something to a wallet and then you send it back, well, if you've held that for longer than 12 months, you get a, you know, you pay half the capital gains tax of long-term capital gains versus short-term. But if you sent it there and then you end up sending it back and then you sell it or you make another transaction that would be taxable, then you end up paying twice the capital gains tax rate. You pay twice the tax just because you want it to be sneaky. So Mm. a lot of the times, even if like hiding a wallet might lower your total amount of taxable capital gains. The thing that a lot of people don't realize, and I've had some people say like, oh, Matt, you didn't save me anything on tax. I'm like, look at your tax report. You're, the amount of things that went from short-term capital gains, which is taxed at you know twice the rate of long-term, that mm-hmm. then went to long-term. Sure, your capital gains number didn't go down, but we got the timelines right now. And so you're actually paying half as much tax 
as you would have been if you were just trusting this straight out of the box. So, um, yeah, those are some of the things to be aware of that I think the average person is just looking at kind of level one. What's my capital gains number? And, you know, higher, bad, lower, good. But, you know, there's the other uh, element or variable in the equation, which is, you know, what's the what's the timeline that you've held it? And what's your cost basis method? Mm hmm. Oh man, there's so many things. There's so many things. And I don't know how everybody else is feeling up until this point, but um, I'm already getting anxious. <laughs> and <laughs> and it's like, I don't have the capacity to be the treasure hunter that I need to be to go through all that. Like, th of course, so there's like, if you deep dive into it, there there's always a trail of like your fiat into crypto and then where it goes from there. So, but to get that all straightened out and sorted out, oh man, I don't think I have the capacity. <laughs> well, that's, that's, yeah. I mean, you know, Matt gave a good, good, really good piece of advice. So it's like, if you don't have the capacity, at least take that step to pull in, like to connect your wallets, get set up with Coinly. You're going to have to do that anyway. And yeah. you said you had a free guide that um is there like a link or a place where somebody can go to get that free guide is it like an opt-in or something like that if they want to get access to it to, to be able to yeah, perform no, awesome. that yeah if you just go to cryptotaxmadeeasy.com and there's a section in the menu called free guides and there's one that's like guide to getting your crypto taxes done right or something something very straight and to the point like yeah. that yeah um yeah that walks you through some of the first steps that you can take to get things set up yeah. So like you do that and then you look at what your total transactions are. And if, you know, even from there, you know, people can reach out and say, Hey, look, you know, this is what I'm working with. And, and you can, you know, weigh the options and, and do, I want to go through, you know, the course and, and, you know, there's, there's, and I've been through the course. It's very tactical. I love that your videos are short. It's like, I need to know yeah. how to do the thing. And I don't want to spend any more time than I need to, to figure out how to do the thing. And it's like a couple minutes and it's it's very straight to the point. So it's the way you've designed it is really useful in terms of just helping people move through the process. But of course, you know, yeah. like they say, play your game. You know, I, some people, it's just some people, I can imagine that their brain probably latches onto it really well. And others, it might be, you know, a little bit, um, you know, not as, as maybe a little bit more complex to, to that orientation that that person might have towards it or that relationship with it is there um, um, I, just yeah, to, go ahead. is there anything that people can do throughout the year to optimize their taxes at the end mm. of the year do you know what i'm saying like uh i know with my electrical business like if i keep good records throughout the year when i hand over my books to my accountant easy peasy we're done but this feels like okay we're at the end of the year we're out we're at tax time now i got to gather everything up like throughout the year, is there anything that yeah. people can do to like keep that organized? Definitely. Yeah. And it's, it's exactly what you said. It's keeping proper records because the, th there's a few things here. First is, you know, the, the way that things work is whether you're doing the done for you or the do it yourself option, the best thing that you can do is go all the way back to the beginning of your tax history. Because as I just mentioned before, related to like long-term versus short-term capital gains, even if you don't plan to file an amendment for past years, there might be transactions that look like a taxable disposal of your tokens. And that resets the capital gains timeline. 
So, you know, if you dispose something where you really just sent it to a wallet that's not tracked and then you sent it back, then it looks like when you sent it back, that's day one when you might have sent it and it was in another wallet for 12 months. And so now you might have created a situation where you have to pay twice as much tax because you end up disposing of that and it hits the short term capital gains tax rate. So I find that uh, for all of my clients who I've gone back to the beginning of their history, it's more likely that I end up saving the money in the current year than if I just do the current year. And so whether you're doing it yourself or doing it with me, we do what's called the archaeological dig. We go back in time and we fix those transactions that might cause a negative tax impact in current or future years. And so that's a really important part of the process, but it's the hardest part of the process. And it's the hardest part of the process because you know, you can probably think back to what buttons you press this month, right, Dwayne? But, mm-hmm. you know, what if I asked you, what buttons did you press in July of 2021? You know, it's going to take a little bit more brain power to think all the way back there. And so it can be a very difficult process going through the archaeological dig. It can be, it can feel very daunting. And I understand that. Like, I know, I know that it sucks because I had to go through that process myself, you know, and I know how it is. <laughs> For my clients. But once you get yourself up to current, then that's the point where keeping adequate records and staying on top of things is really useful. You know, for all of like, I've pretty much, I just started this. So, you know, in the last maybe what, five, six months, I've started doing it for people. So now that I've got all my clients up to current, for the ongoing service that I'm going to be offering to them, I'm actually going to be doing uh, their transactions once a month which actually puts the onus on them to you know, keep better records and stay on top of it. And that means that they're not going to have the same kind of stress and overwhelm and surprises at the end of the year that they have you know, in past years. Um, and I think that that's really important, whether you're going to work with me or not, you know, and just do it yourself, keeping those records. And whether it's monthly or quarterly, depending on how frequently you're pressing the buttons, um, it's better to do it when those transactions and your habits and what you've done is top of mind. Uh, so I think that that's a really uh, important thing to end up doing. So yes, it's going to be daunting to go back in time, but it's worth it. And then once you're, you know, you, I think going through that painful process will be that kind of kick in the ass that most people need to actually keep those records. Because I know, like, I think most people's uh, natural inclination is you study for the test the day before the test. <laughs> you know, you're not studying two weeks before the test or when it's assigned. And, you know, I know that that's kind of uh, people left to their natural devices, what they end up doing with taxes. You know, you're not necessarily staying on top of it all year. You're like, oh, crap, you know, taxes are due in two weeks. Now yeah. I need to figure out what am I going to do? Yeah. And I think, yeah, that pain of the archaeological dig uh, might be the motivation that's necessary for you to break that habit. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Uh, I got a question for you about, um, you know, we're speaking to like accountants and finding accounts. I know we talked about this on the last episode, but I do want to bring it up on this one just so people are aware. Um, you know, you're you're not you're providing the report that goes to the accountant. So yeah. um when it comes to, and it's difficult finding accountants that actually understand what's even really going on in this whole, the decentralized finance space. I think uh, just crypto taxes in general, they seem to be fairly oblivious, at least from my experience and anybody else I've spoken to, there's not very many. 
So what would you recommend for somebody when it comes to maybe questions that they might want to ask their accountant, um, you know, uh, where, where they could find, I don't know if you have recommendations for accountants that are familiar with this, that could be a good match for somebody that might be looking, uh, what, what do you think in that regard? Yeah. So luckily the process that I go through ends up giving you a report at the end that whether you're going through like an old school accountant that you've worked with for a long time, who doesn't know Bitcoin from Ethereum, you know, you could just give them the report and the way that the report is structured is, you know, exactly like what they might be used to seeing if you had a brokerage account in traditional finance. So okay. they would know where that needs to go on your tax return. And hopefully, you know, they can help you at least navigate filing the tax return without too much complication. Um, now, if you're self-filing, doing something like TurboTax, um, you know, Coinly actually spits out a file that you can just import into TurboTax. And again, it just puts it at the right place in your return. So luckily, going through uh, the process that I have or using my done-for-you service, it actually... You know, you don't necessarily, if you just need someone to file your return, you don't need to do anything more than, you know, TurboTax or, you know, even your old school accountant. But there are situations where, you know, I think it makes a lot of sense to have an accountant. I personally, you know, have a CPA both in the U.S. and Australia because I have the great pleasure of paying taxes in two countries. Um, so I have an accountant on both sides because, you know, ultimately they help me with the tax planning side of things and they have a much better um, much better strategy in, in the big picture because crypto is part of my life and part of my like wealth and investing strategy, but it's not the entire thing. And so, you know, I, ha I can't just look at crypto in a, uh, in a vacuum. I have to take a look at like, what are my other investments doing? How does crypto fit in? And how might I, you know, structure entities properly? You know, an example being, you know, I might pay more taxes on my crypto if I have self-custody of it versus if I have a company which custodies it. And that's going to vary. And it's going to take a good accountant to help you uncover, like, what's the best entity for your trading strategy. Mm -hmm. And also having an accountant who can help you navigate things like what's the best cost basis calculation method. Or, you know, if you've had any, like, been the victim of, uh, like, a true Ponzi scheme in crypto, which there are plenty of, then, you know, having somebody who can help, or a good CPA, at least in the U.S., who can help you with the itemized deductions, including something like the theft loss rule, which essentially protects people from Bernie Madoff, like, Ponzi schemes, from not having to pay taxes on, like, phantom gains, um, you know, they can help you navigate that. So there are some mm. very specific scenarios that it's super important to have a CPA. And I think, you know, tax planning, entity setup, things of that nature, you know, the kind of proactive things versus the reactive things. Yeah. You know, because when it comes down to it, it's 22 is over, 2022. There's almost nothing that an accountant could do for you right now that's going to save you a significant amount on your 2022 tax. But if you get with a good accountant now, they might help you for planning purposes, determine how can I actually, based off what I've done in the past and what I plan to do in 2023, how can I actually, you know, 
make sure that I'm paying the least tax possible. And so I think, you know, finding the right accountant for planning purposes, being proactive and addressing some of the situations that are a little bit more specific is super important. Hmm. Now, in terms of recommendations for accountants, um, you know, obviously, Dan Nicholson and Nth Degree are super close to the ecosystem here. Um, and because of that, I think that they would be great options. But I know, you know, for some people, uh, like they're not the right clients for Nth Degree. Nth Degree tends to work with, I believe, you know, most mostly business owners. And so if you're not a business owner and you just need a personal tax return, you know, it might be overkill to work with them, in which case, you know, again, you might just say, hey, you know, I need to just get a tax return done. I don't want my accountant to be confused. And, you know, you get the coinly report to them and, and they'll figure it out. Um, anybody in Australia, I have partnered up with my personal accountant. And so we'll be launching something at some point to help them with tax planning, proper entity setup as well as the kind of ongoing bookkeeping services. Um, so when that's ready, I'll, I'll make an announcement about that. And I'm hoping to uh, potentially partner up with a uh, US-based accounting firm or you know even some US-based accountants to offer very similar service as well. Um, so you know, watch this space, but at, at the moment, I don't really have any recommendations outside of my personal accountant and what we're doing here in Australia. And yeah. What I've seen nth degrees been able to do, um, especially on the planning side of things. That's really exciting uh, to see to see that, especially as the as the crypto blockchain space expands. I mean, what you're bringing to the accounting world is going to be so valuable over time, you know, because they're they're going to need it, and and there's just not a lot of expertise out it's, there, at least that I've seen. So it's ahead, funny. Ryan. It's funny. I've never had a, a better conversation talking about taxes before. I'm like all interested in like writing notes. I'm like, okay, yeah. I need to figure out taxes. <laughs> yeah. Well, One cool. Well, this, is, this is great. Making crypto tax cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah make crypto, crypto taxes tax be cool. cool. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah. One question that came up when you were talking, like with all your wallets and what happens to a, like a compromised wallet? You know, like if you, if you click the wrong button and you connected to a, a wrong contract and you're like, Oh, I don't like this wallet anymore. It might be compromised. And you move all your stuff out to a different wallet or to a mm. hardware wallet or whatever. So in your archeological dig, is that where you can determine that that movement didn't create capital gains or, or as soon as you move it, that's capital gains. No, so there's no capital gains on transferring something. But uh, yeah, so that's actually, I'm glad you asked. So just to clarify, if you dispose of a token, whether that's trading crypto for crypto, crypto for fiat, or you just send it to another wallet or another destination, and you don't properly label that, then that's seen as a disposal and that's seen as a, as a capital gains event. So, you know, if you bought it for 100 and then the day that you sent it to a wallet that you forgot to add to Coinly, that's seen as a taxable event. And so if you bought it for 100, you sent it and it was worth 200 on the day you sent it, that's a $100 capital gain. Mm -hmm. Now, as soon as you sync that second wallet up, it then becomes a transfer. And a wallet to wallet transfer when you're the one who custodies it, or if you're sending something to a smart contract with 
the expectation that you're going to get that principle back from the smart contract, then that is a separate label, which then essentially means like I still have custody on it. Like my capital gains clock is still running and, you know, my cost basis is still accurate. It's not a, not a capital event anymore. Okay. Very cool. That's good. That's good to know. Yeah. Well, man, actually, you know, when you mentioned compromise wallet, I think that that's something a lot of people have asked me about as well. And uh, this is, again, something that you definitely need to talk to a CPA about. Um, But from my research, I found that when you like, let's say, you know, you had a wallet that was drained or compromised or hacked, you know, unfortunately, personal theft losses like that are not actually something that you can write off on your taxes. And uh, unless, you know, it was the result of a federally declared emergency. So unless like FEMA showed up at your doorstep because, you know, a hacker uh, stole stuff out of your wallet, it's kind of hard to figure out how you can write that off. Um, But it does appear, at least from my research, that it's a little bit easier to write off theft losses uh, or losses of assets that produce an income if it's kind of under a business. So um, that's another reason why proper entity setup can make a big difference. Hmm. Um, And it's just something worth taking a look into. There's some IRS forms uh, and instructions that if you're doing it yourself, you can take a look at and try to determine on your own. But I definitely would recommend finding an accountant who can help you navigate that, potentially determine how you can make sure that at the very least, uh, you didn't generate a big capital gain in a wallet, get it stolen, and then you've got to pay a tax bill. But you know, somebody stole all of your capital. You could potentially pay that bill with. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that would suck. That would be that yeah. would be horrible. Well, this is great, man. I, th- I feel like we covered a lot of ground here and anybody listening and, and they're ready to to take the jump into getting their crypto taxes ready for and prep, getting the reports ready to go for their for the 2022 tax year. This is uh this has been super useful. I I've taken a lot of notes as well. And um and uh, this is a good week to get started on that. I think I think the best time to probably probably should got started a little bit sooner. So anybody listening, you know, let's Let's uh, crank up that coinly, you know, get get crypto taxes made easy, whether you want to do the course or go, you know, go through the done for you service. Uh, Maddie Dubs has got it for you um, solutions and and helping you through that. So um, is there any like final thoughts or anything you think we may have missed during this call that you feel like is important to bring up just to share with the listeners um, as they go into pre- preparing their crypto taxes? No, I think we covered it. And, you know, as as we said at the beginning, it's like, you know, now's the second best time to get started with uh, with your crypto tax. And the worst mm-hmm. time to get started is like April 17th, right before the, the tax deadline. So, yeah. you know, I know that it's something that's not fun to look at. I know that it's something that can be scary to look at. And I know that, you know, it can be one of those things where because it's scary and because it's not fun and, you know, you don't want to look at it, that you don't look at it. But that's only going to mean that, you know, you're you're just kind of kicking the can down the road and your stress and anxiety and overwhelm with doing it when there is a looming tax deadline is only it's going to be 10x what it is if you just get started right now. So, yeah, I would definitely say go to the website, CryptoTaxMadeEasy.com. Go to the free guide section at the very least. Check out that guide to getting your crypto taxes done right and at least start getting your crypto tax software set up properly. And then from there, you know, if you do need help, obviously, as you've mentioned, Jake, you know, they can look at the 
uh, crypto tax made easy course or, you know, our, our done for you services. Whew. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. I'll do them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to hold you accountable. Dwayne. <laughs> No, this, this, I can see this, the, I can see the blood pressure rising. <laughs> <laughs> no, this, this is awesome. Thank you very much, yeah. man. Dubs. This uh, this is a great conversation, yeah. man. <laughs> yeah. No, you definitely, yeah, you definitely, us. absolutely. I mean, you definitely make the the whole process. And like you said, it's not fun to go through. And but um, but you you certainly have alleviated a lot of of the just headache. You know, I, I remember when I was asking, I was like, how do we? How would you describe? this whole crypto tax made easy. It's like, I feel like after so many conversations I've had with clients, it's kind of like the aspirin <laughs> for curing your crypto tax headaches. Cause it is a headache. And um, you know, it's, it's a, it's such a, uh, it can be very complicated and you, in just the course material. And I personally have gone through it and I'll say it again, it's, it's done in a way where it's very uh, I feel like it's very easy to, to navigate and you, you teach it in a way where it's easy to, to understand and follow and it's intuitive. So um, you certainly really have relieved that, that pressure down and given people options. So thank you for bringing this to the world of the yeah. blockchain space, because it's something that people certainly need. It's going to keep people safe and, and, um, and keep them in on track with their financial situation as they close that gap to that solvable problem that they're trying to close. So, yeah. um, yeah. So anyway, thank you so much, Maddie Dubs. Great having you on. And, um, yeah, it's been a pleasure. yeah, absolutely. Well, we'll wrap it up and for everybody listening, make sure to always stay wolfish and check out crypto taxes made easy. Oh.